This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, let's get football. So last week we did the defense. This week we're going to do the offense. We got five questions before we get to some other stuff. And your favorite segment is? What you doing, the, man? Okay, what you doing, man? We're going to do that at the end of this as well. But let's start with the doing, offense. Man? What you questions. doing, man? What you yeah. doing, man? What you doing? <laughs> That's my favorite. It's my favorite. It's great to hear from Zach Pickens here late in July, and we'll hear from him in a little bit later. But yeah, David, you mentioned it. Last week, we went through the defense position by position, and I raised my biggest question at each position group, because I do believe that as this team reports to training camp next month, every single position group has a very significant question that needs to be answered as we try to figure out whether the three and 14 bears can become a seven or eight win football team, maybe a nine win football team, if all breaks, right? So let's start. Uh, on the offensive side. And let's start with tight end. We'll save quarterback for last for obvious reasons, but the tight end group probably is the one with the, the, the smallest question, in my opinion. And right now, my biggest question at that position is how will Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon complement one another? This is going to be a, a combo, right? This is going to be a one-two tight end punch, two guys with, um, you know, diversified skill sets, uh, skill sets that are, are far from identical. And it's up to Luke Getze now with uh, an affinity for both of them and a belief that both of them can be useful to his offense to figure out how that works together. And so I'm going to be very fascinated in the early stages of training camp of, of watching that, trying to get a, a feel with my uh, – uh, with my eyes and then and then through some of the things that we hear from the Bears coaches on, on how these these two guys are going to blend together and hopefully elevate the offense. Well, the big question exists because, number one, I think that they're both stylistically very similar. And I think when we talk about availability, you're worried about health. But then, you know, you look at Tanya played in 17 games last year, so he's been available. Cole Komet has done a better job of doing that. I do think typically, traditionally, you have – one guy that is your blocking tight end and one guy is more of your you know receiving tight end. And I think Cole Komet is probably of the two considered the better blocker. Would Correct. you agree with that? So yeah, for sure. that that to me gives him maybe a little bit more of an opportunity to be on the field more often. Although I do like the idea of them playing together, how they complement each other. I, I think that's going to be a tremendous problem to have. You know, we talk about the receiving core, we'll get to it in a moment, but 
these two guys both can be threats in the red zone. I don't think it's necessarily as dynamic of a duo as maybe Jimmy Graham when healthy and Cole Komet were theoretically, but Tanyan's very good in, in the red zone, and I think he's underrated as a pass catcher. So I think this could be potentially their strongest position group because of their potential durability and also the way that you think Luke Getze can utilize the tight end for a quarterback that's going to need a safety valve. You mentioned uh, Jimmy Graham, and so I'll just go back a couple of years because there was it was fun sometimes to see them get down there in that low red zone and know before the ball was snapped that it was a touchdown because you'd see Jimmy lined up over there against like a, a five foot eleven corner and just be like, okay, all they got all this quarterback has to do, no matter who was in the game at the time, is just put it up high enough for him to post up and use those uh, Miami Hurricane power forward moves to go get it, and and they had that. This, I think, is a different kind of chess game that the Bears are trying to play, and they're trying to add as many weapons down there for when they get inside the red zone to put points on the board, you know, put the ball in the end zone. And, and, and so it'll be really interesting to see how that part of things is, is utilized. And then again, you know, like everybody raised, including Robert Tunyon, about Luke Getze's creativity, his ability to have a versatile offense that that, that keeps defenses guessing and creates matchup advantages. Well, here's two guys now that allow you to do that along obviously with your quarterback, with your receivers, with your running backs. And, and so hopefully Luke Getze is able to figure that out. They had some pretty similar numbers last year. Cole Komet had seven touchdowns, but Tunyon caught three more passes. So it just shows you how s- similar their skill sets are. And uh, I, I think they're, I don't want to say interchangeable, but they could be, but there's, there's got to be even a third component probably at the, at that position for a short yardage type of uh uh, tight end, a, a, blo- a true blocking tight end, a third tackle, if you will. But I think that you know that those are probably very isolated situations. Overall, I, you know how how often both guys are on the field at the same time will depend on situations, down and distances, and health. Well, and I, I can think right off the top of my head, in my mind's eye, of at least three touchdowns that Cole Komet scored last year that were scored on the whiteboard. You know, they were scored because he was so wide open because of what they drew up um, that Justin Fields just had an easy pitch and catch. And and all of a sudden it was a touchdown. So you want more of that as much of that as you can possibly get. Um, Switching gears here. I'll give you any other position uh, but quarterback for for the second choice. Here are the questions. All right. How about uh, running back? All right. Running back. Who will be the top playmaker? out of that position group in 2023. I say playmaker because this is about more than just running the ball. And I think part of the organization's attraction to Roshan Johnson and the reason they believe uh, so highly in his future is because this kid can catch the ball. He can be a receiving threat for you. He can line up in the slot. He can do some things that allow you to use him as a weapon. I still have no idea how quickly he's going to emerge. I really want to see a lot through, through through July and August to know where Roshan Johnson's fit is as a rookie on the 2023 Bears because as we've documented before, you got Khalil Herbert, you got Deontay Foreman, you got Travis Homer, you got Treston Hedmer. There's a lot of mouths to feed, and you're going to have to figure out how to how to feed them all. There are, and I don't want to – see, I, I, I'm big on think, experience, and I, I like the potential of a Roshan Johnson, but I almost think that he has been – so advertised and maybe overblown that the the initial reaction is to resist that. Like he can't possibly be that good. I worry about them raising expectations or maybe just the hype around him. It's not maybe the bears, but they have talked about him in these such glowing terms that the perception is like, Oh my gosh. So anything he does won't be a surprise. Let's wait and see. He's still a rookie. He's a rookie. And I know that he, 
you know, played behind B. John Robinson and he would have done this or that if given the opportunity. Can he stay healthy? I always worry about that with the running back. Deontay Foreman is a great example of a guy that has run into injuries and they've derailed probably his career path. I also think that uh, if you're asking the question today at the end of June about this offense and what running back is going to make the most plays, to me, it's going to be Deontay Foreman because he's new. He had 200 carries last year. He's a pro. He's done it before. I don't know what kind of highlights those will be. He might be running over people rather than running away from them, but you're a running back. And if you can get in the open field and and run to daylight, I think that's going to be what you want to see. Keep the chains moving. Don't fumble. Catch the ball when thrown to you. And to me, he's going to be able to stay on the field because they probably will end up trusting him more than the others. Khalil Herbert might find a role. He's got to stay healthy as well. But if you're asking me today, which guy is the answer to that question for me, it'd be Deontay Foreman. Well, Foreman certainly seized this opportunity last year, particularly after after Christian McCaffrey headed west. And so you, you see momentum there. Um, but there's a lot of open questions here. And the Bears also, David, in my opinion, have to start mapping out a future as well, you know, and in a year where you're not expected to, to compete for a Super Bowl, sometimes that comes at the expense of a veteran when you're trying to get a young up and coming rookie more experience. So it'll be interesting to see how they manage that. But I think we both agree that it's a legitimate question heading into training camp and that these preseason games, even though there's only three of them and the competition is what it is, are really the, the, the best forum for running backs to show a thing or two, particularly if you're a rookie running back trying to, to prove to everyone in the organization what you're all about. No doubt about it, but the last thing on this position group is that I don't believe it's as high of a priority as it is on some teams because with all due respect, I think their best running back plays quarterback. And I know that is not uh oh um, that that's perceived as a slight and it's not at all. But I don't know that you worry about the explosiveness at the position when you have a runner as explosive as Justin Fields is in the backfield. So I look at the running back role for the Bears kind of different than many teams. Yeah, that's fair to an extent. I think we're all aware of the the, the goal to reduce uh, the load on Justin Fields, and hopefully the running backs will be able to help with that, and we'll figure out who emerges. Yeah, if, if, I, if I own a Porsche, I, yeah, my goal is to go 55 <laughs> yeah, every time I take it out on the expressway. You know what happens? Next thing I know, it's 82 in a 55, and I'm cruising right, right along, passing everybody, because I can. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> uh, wide receiver or O-line? Where do you want to go next? Uh, let's go O-line. All right, this one is simple for me. Is Darnell Wright a budding star? When you use your first first-round draft pick as a general manager on an offensive tackle, when you do so after making the calculated decision to pass on a uh, highly regarded if questioned defensive tackle and Jalen Carter, you better be right. And Jay, and, and Darnell Wright better be a budding star and he better be what the bears advertised him to be in April when they drafted him and said that this guy is essentially a can't miss long-term starter because of his combination of size and athleticism and, and agility and all the things he brings to the table. We're going to have to watch this play out. We're not going to see a lot of it in training camp. We'll see some one-on-ones. We'll see some things that he's able to do. Uh, but this is going to be a September, October, early November test for Darnell Wright to see what he looks like against NFL competition, to see if the success he had in college against guys like Will Anderson translates on an every snap, every week basis to the NFL. The Bears pushed their chips in on Darnell Wright. They had a lot of reasons that they believed doing so was right. 
I want to see it now and, and see it come to fruition because if you can lock down that position at, at right tackle, um, then all of a sudden now you you have a, the luxury of addressing other things going forward without having to worry so much about your offensive line, which as we all know in 2022 caused quite a bit of consternation both inside the building and out. I think it's a great question. And if it extended to, to training camp and you ask who is the Bears offensive player that needs to be impactful or impressive during you know August it better be right <laughs> is Darnell right because more than any other position group we evaluate or we have said people have said this about Ryan Poles he's going to get the offensive line right he's going to know an offensive lineman he's and, and, and general managers more than anything need to draft well mm -hmm. and so you look at the Bears starting week one offensive line it's going to include Exhibit A and Exhibit B of two guys who are going to be evaluated and tell you what you know about Ryan Poles and the direction of the Bears. Darnell Wright on the right side and Braxton Jones on the left. If those guys are as good as they think they can be and it's as obvious early, you're going to feel a lot better about the direction of the Bears. If those guys look overmatched and overwhelmed, you're going to have some serious questions. So I think that's a great question. We can talk about Tevin Jenkins all you want and Cody Whitehair at center and whether Nate Davis, Nate Davis was late yeah. for a reason, whatever. I think that we're going to – this offensive line and maybe the future of this organization, we're going to get a good sense of that by how well the bookend tackles play. And you're looking for sturdiness. And, and, and as you mentioned, you know, Braxton Jones is a, a day three find. Darnell Wright is a <laughs> round one top 10 investment, right? And so there's two very different paths to trying to find starting offensive tackles that the Bears have taken. Both of these guys need to excel and they need to establish themselves as sturdy and reliable because that's what this offensive line needs more than anything else is sturdiness and reliability for Justin Fields to, to get the truest test of his skills going forward. All right, wide receiver coming at me. All right. Um, a close 1B on this one was, what did you think of Chase Claypool's uh, fashion shoot on Instagram? You can answer that in a minute. But the question for me that is the most pressing going into training camp is, will Darnell Mooney ever be the same? And I know people might go, wow, that sounds like alarm bells being sounded. It's just a question that's worth asking about a receiver who we have not seen with our own eyes moving around since that late November uh, ankle fracture that caused him to have surgery, tightrope surgery, ankles in, or, or uh, screws inserted into his ankle. I need to know what Darnell Mooney is because Darnell Mooney a year ago at this time was supposed to be Justin Fields' go-to guy. He was supposed to be the, the the chemistry guy, the rapport guy, the guy who who obviously we've documented for three years now does everything right behind the scenes, works his butt off, is going to maximize his potential. When you suffer a very serious injury in this sport at this level, sometimes you're never the same. And so I just want to see going into 2023 that Darnell Mooney can be at, at the minimum a really good number two that you want to keep in your organization for a, a four or five year contract extension. You know, that's a good question. And I think it's somewhat rhetorical because it's very difficult to answer with such little information. And we don't know what he is dealing with because obviously they've kept everything pretty much under wraps. Injuries like that are very difficult to project and and, and assign timetables to. That's what makes that's what makes them so scary. That's what makes me very hesitant to answer. Yeah, oh sure, he'll go back to being the guy that runs the perfect routes and comes up with the circus catches. 
you know, the other element of that in terms of factoring into any answer is that the Bears, frankly, don't need him to be what he was before the injury. He is in a much different role, like it or not, accept it or not. You know, he you want him to be healthy so he can contribute, but he's not going to contribute in a way that he did before because he won't be in those same situations. He could end up being a very serviceable is the wrong word, but he could be a very good, dependable number two, number three wide receiver, which might be better for everyone because of the way that fits into the offense. What he was before was we were kind to trying to strain and, and stretch the bounds of what a number one wide receiver looks like and is because of the limitations of the Bears offense and the, you know, the weakness of the roster. Darnell Mooney, if he comes back relatively healthy, might be in a better position or as good of a position to succeed because less will be asked or required of him. I hope he's healthy. He's a great teammate. I hope the answer is emphatic yes, but I just don't know if they're going to be in a position to have to need him. So I, I'm not sure that Darnell Mooney is going to have any better of a season than the ones he's already had. Well, look, you know, 2021 was a thousand yard season and it was an 80 plus catch season where you said, okay, this is, this is scratching uh, uh, the surface of the potential there. And then again, a serious injury here when you're five foot 11 and 173 pounds, you rely on explosion and quickness and agility. And Darnell Mooney's going to have to prove that that's back to a, if not elite level, a, a exceptional level in the NFL to have the maximum effect that he's going to have on an offense. It's going to be really fascinating to see if he opens training camp, David, on the physically unable to perform list, which would not be a stunner to me at all, but it would certainly give you an idea that, okay, now we've got to proceed into training camp, understanding that they're going to be going slow and they're going to be going cautious and they're going to be working toward the regular season. And I had someone ask me recently, do you see him being a guy that gets an extension done before the regular season begins? And I said, no way, because if you're Ryan Poles, why would you do that? You need to see him in game competition going forward for an extended period of time before you start making investments. It's the cruelty of the sport. Sure. But that's the reality of where things are. Uh, Darnell Mooney is one of my favorite people in that building. Really enjoy everything that he's accomplished in his first three seasons. I just want to know, will he ever be the same? Yeah, I, it's impossible to answer without seeing for yourself what he looks like running a route and getting hit and getting up from that hit. So I think that's going to be one that is to be continued. What is this about some fashion shoot? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, over the weekend. I don't know if this was in France or what, but but Chase Claypool on his Instagram, uh, he was wearing some garb. There were a lot of holes in the shirt. You have to pull it up on Instagram. I can't, I can't do it justice on a podcast, um, but it was certainly um, quirky, I guess would be the best adjective I'd come up with. Maybe Studs has got a better one. I'm sure Did he, he have a sponsor? Did he have uh, – It was it just him on a vacation taking – selfies uh, was no it any- looked like there was i don't know it looked like there was there was some almost like modeling going on like that it was like a, a, a sort of a, a modeling shoot i, I would prefer to- that he strike his poses in the end zone <laughs> rather than you know in paris but it's it's the off season so i guess he is free to travel let's just hope that he stays healthy and well, doesn't not, uh, you, strain anything. You've got some homework to do. As soon as we hang up on this podcast, you got to go. Pull I'm up going straight Instagram to the gram. And, I'm yeah. going to find out what Chase Claypool, uh, his, uh, his handle is. And, and I will evaluate the 
fashion shoot from Paris. I think it's just at Chase Claypool, so it won't be oh, real okay. hard for you to find That's one. For to sakes. I didn't know. I didn't know how, how he was spelling it. If it was a French, or maybe it was Chase Claypool. <laughs> you know, maybe it was one of those things. All right. So what's the last position we have quarterback left? What's the last question? Yeah, it's the easiest question there is, and it's the question that will define everything about the Chicago Bears in 2023. How good is Justin Fields? Yeah, that's a great one. That's an ongoing conversation. It's one that you could answer differently depending on the Monday morning, uh, how you feel based on what you saw. It's probably more open for interpretation than it should be at this point in time. It certainly is more open for interpretation than many people in Chicago believe it to be. I I think that there's still a lot of ground for him to cover, figuratively, not literally. I think that when you talk about his growth, he's got to make more. It's it's not a an insult to his progress or development to say that this is a, a season in which you know the, the excuses as we say are gone, and and it's time to produce. The the Bears are going to be making determinations on on the, his future based on his performance, and and I think that he's got to be more accurate. He's got to be more efficient. We know he can be explosive. We have no doubts about his intangibles, but to call him a finished product would be wishful thinking and a bit naive. He can definitely lead the Bears where he wants to lead them, but it's going to take a little bit more improvement on his part. It won't be for lack of effort. He just can he pull it off. Yeah. Is he okay? Is he pretty good? Is he great? You know, that's basically going to be the sliding scale that Justin Fields will operate under for the duration of 2023. We have laid out uh, in exhaustive detail the things he needs to work on, the things he doesn't need to work on. We know what his gifts are. We know what his weaknesses are. Now it's all about taking this test in 2023 on the Take the North sponsored No Excuses Tour and see where this thing winds up. Are you okay? Are you pretty good? Are you great? Um, and and there, there shouldn't be a lot of gray area by the time we get to the end of week 18. There really shouldn't. And if there is, um, then we're probably pushing that needle closer to okay than great. And and it's going to be really fascinating to just watch this play out. Because again, I, this, this is that question of, of all the 10 position groups over the last two weeks that we've talked about. That is the one that is the fuel for which direction the Bears go without question. And, and, and so it's going to be really, really interesting to see where that, that answer comes. Two thoughts. Number one is that that answer to the question will be affected and maybe answered by how the other four previous questions were answered or adequately addressed because Justin Fields' success will be contingent upon being protected, having a running game, wide receivers getting open, and tight ends being effective in the red zone. So everything is going to be related. We're saying basically it's time for him to raise the level, level of their play as much as they're capable of raising the level of his. And the other thought is, is that while we're talking about the No Excuses Tour, have we <laughs> ever thought about asking Kevin Warren about a residency for that at the new Dome Stadium at Arlington Heights? Um, we can look for it. Not just a tour, but a residency. That's a reasonable Taylor. suggestion. Yeah. But, but the problem is is that is that, that place in Arlington Heights won't be open probably for at least four more years. And so now – you know the no excuses right. tour may be maybe long gone okay. by the time by the time that facility That's is true. open. No so, for that. but hey, look, yeah. you know this leads us into uh, two. I guess it would be two and a half dates on the calendar for the no excuses tour down in Westfield, Indiana. Okay, <laughs> okay, at the, at the Rich, Grand Rich Sports Campbell Complex territory. Yeah, I, I actually have to make my reservation at, at Casa de la Campbell. Uh, potentially for one of the nights there, but the Bears will be taking their joint practice uh, action down to Westfield, Indiana, 
the Grand Sports Complex on Wednesday, August 16th, and Thursday, August 17th. There will be a pair of evening practices, David, 6 o'clock Eastern, uh, free of charge, but tickets are needed. You can go to the Colts website for anybody that wants to make the drive down there and see the Bears practice against the Colts, and then they will play that preseason game that Saturday night at Lucas Oil Stadium. I will be fascinated to know what the preseason game action plan is for Justin Fields in 2023. How much action do they want to get him in preseason action? The reason you do some of these crossover practices is because you can get that same kind of benefit without the risk of your quarterback getting hurt uh, or, or getting hit. And so um, that'll be interesting. But those are those are three Indiana dates for you. I know you you, want, you like to keep things in Indiana. You've got three of them. Well, I, I'm just worried about kind of the traffic from Chicago going on I-65. That could be quite the congestion. Uh, I hope I-65 has no construction in August because that could be quite the hassle. I know that Chicago uh, residents tend to complain a little bit about construction and congestion, especially in the wake of the NASCAR situation. So I wonder if this is such a wise thing having this in Westfield. I've never been to the Grand Sports Complex. Do you know anything oh, about the Grand Sports it's Complex? It's grand. Okay. It is It is grand. It is a youth sports extravaganza. That's what there I thought. Is, you should bring your son and you can say, okay, uh, you know, stay busy. And he would be able to play <laughs> soccer, baseball, pickleball, tennis, swimming. I mean, it's all, it's all there. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pitch that because we might be low on uh, summer camp and, options at that point of the summer. And then, you know, the Children's Museum is just a short drive away, downtown Indy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, not a bad, it's not a bad spot either for the family for a vacation. So, yeah, I mean, look, like that's going to that's going to be good. And that's going to come up quick because that's that's you know, we get basically get two full weeks of training camp and then that to break it up, which you you, you know what the grind of training camp can be to have that sort of um, I, I think part of the, the reason the Bears like this is because it does break up the monotony for the players and the coaches of of refocusing, getting on the road, doing some on the road bonding that you don't get to do anymore now that you're not in Bourbon a for training camp. And so um, it'll be, it'll be a cool little, uh, little stretch on the August calendar that I think people that don't want to uh, fully invest in football can, can take two or three days out to, to see what's happening in Indy. It's really not a bad drive either. So it would be worth the, worth the trip for a lot of people 